Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. Welcome to First Class Focus, Houston's business podcast where we keep Houston's business owners in the know about what impacts them the most. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt as we prepare for takeoff. Hello, and welcome to First Class Focus. Here on Houston's Business Podcast, we're giving real answers for real questions from real business owners. No fluff, no filler, just quick hits on how to improve your business and grow your business, more importantly. Each week, we're sifting through dozens of questions that business owners send us through our voicemail, pick the most relevant or interesting ones, and then invite local experts on to explain what we need to know and break down the important details in a way that even I can understand. That's great. Uh, so this week, we are super excited to have Lauren Jefferson with us from Focus Copy. Lauren, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. I'm Lauren Jefferson, co-owner um, and co-founder of Focus Copy. We are a B2B copywriting firm. And um, you know a little bit about what we've been able to do over the last two years that we've been in business. Mm-hmm. We've written for over 40 brands. Um, and all various amount of industries um, across the U.S. and Canada. So do quite a bit <laughs> in the copy space. Yeah, exactly. And for listeners who naturally wouldn't know, Lauren is one of our closest partners as well. That's why we had to have her on. As soon as we got the question, we'll dive into it a little bit today. I knew immediately she was the right person to come and have on for it. Uh, you told me you told me before we started recording, remind me again, you write something like, what is it, 10,000 words a day? We write 20,000 20, words wow. a day on average between myself and the rest of my team. So we write a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> so you're absolutely the right person to have talking about this today. Um, you know, and that's a good point, too. Before we dive straight into the question, for all of our listeners right now, if you have a question that you'd like answered... Make sure to call our question line at 832-377-7998 and leave us a voicemail with your question. No matter how obvious or stupid the question may seem, we want to hear from you. Just make sure to tell us your name and your company or at least your industry and any other relevant information that you think we need to know in order to effectively answer your question. So why don't you tell people a little bit about who we have uh, asking a question today, Andrew. You spent more time sifting through the voicemails than I did this week. Yeah, there was a a lot, a lot of questions, but one that uh, came up to the top for sure was from Heather, who owns an insurance agency here in Houston. And this is the clip from her. Hi, my name is Heather. Um, I run a small private insurance agency here in Houston. We only deal with property and casualty insurance since we're more of a boutique insurance broker. So we've been growing pretty steadily over the past three or four years, but I definitely want to speed things up. The only problem is is that I don't quite have the budget to hire a marketing agency or even really to hire somebody in-house right now. Uh, What are some of the aspects of my company's marketing that I could do myself without taking up a ton of time? I know there's a trade-off between time and quality, but I really just need to know where I should be focusing my time and attention since there's like a million different areas of marketing constantly pulling at my attention. Uh, Thanks so much for your help. I really appreciate it. So the main gist of our question is, how do you improve your company's marketing if you don't have a budget? So Lauren, you know, what can I do myself to improve my marketing? Um, Several years ago, I was working as a full service digital marketer. Uh, where I was running everything that touched the internet. 
And the one thing that actually moved the needle was the copy. It wasn't the positioning. It wasn't the flow. It wasn't the user experience. It was all the copy. And so that's how I started getting into this thing <laughs> that converts prospects into clients. What a terribly appropriate business name. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I think you, you made a really good point. Um, you and I were talking about it the other day as well, where, you know, naturally with what we do, we do a lot of websites, we do a lot of copywriting, too, obviously going hand in hand. And Lauren made an excellent point the other day about, or maybe you should just tell them, talk about the ugly website with good copy versus the fancy website with horrible. Yeah. So a lot of people think that they need to have these huge marketing budgets to be able to even convert anyone, especially on the internet and in the digital marketing sphere. Yeah. Hence Heather's question. It's yeah. Very common. But one thing that we've noticed is that you can have an ugly, ugly website with fantastic copy and it will always be out a beautiful Designs website by Greg <laughs> that has awful copy. I'm so triggered right now. Mm. <laughs> no, I mean you're abs- you're absolutely right. Like I couldn't put it by myself. Um, and I mean naturally, it's one of those things where I can attest to it because one, I see a lot of your work, and this isn't something you're saying just because you're a copywriter. It's something that I witness all the time. Where we'll have clients come to us and say, "Hey, I want a website, but I want to do all of the copywriting myself." It's just a recipe for disaster. They either don't have the time or they don't have the quality. They're going to spend twice as long writing something that's a half the quality as if they were to just simply have someone come in and do it for them. Yeah. But kind of to Heather's point, if you don't have a marketing budget, that's not an option. So let's talk and you know get a little bit back more on topic before I distract us any further about what your suggestions would be. So something you can do yourself to improve your marketing is to focus on your copy. Where do they start? How do they do that? What do you recommend? The first thing to start is identify who your customer target audience is. The biggest mistake that I see companies make is they make it all about them. And friends, I'm here to tell you, nobody cares about you. And I'm sorry to be harsh, (laughs) but they care about themselves. We are inherently selfish beings. And so once you get that mindset shift and figure out what your customer needs to hear in order to make a buying decision... Mm You've pulled out all the complexity. Um, So next, you need to answer these questions. What does your customer need or want? It may be something incredibly simple. So, you know, get rid of the overcomplication um, that even business owners, entrepreneurs, I'm myself am guilty of this is overcomplicating things. Yeah, no no one's immune to it. No, (laughs) especially if you're a control freak or perfectionist like myself. And I know that there's probably listeners here that just need all the control. It's related. Um, and then the other question that you need to answer is what transformation do you want to take your customers on? Um, so this isn't something that I created, but digital marketer Ryan Dice created something, um, what we call a before and after grid. And mm-hmm. so it goes through what a customer has, what they feel, what their average day looks like, their status, their good versus evil battle. And so you look at all those things in a before state, before they go through your process, before they get through your service or product versus after. And so oftentimes it's a lot simpler than, (laughs) again, you know, today's theme is simplicity. Um, So really breaking down and going into, if you were in their shoes, what would they want to experience? What do they actually need um, from that? So it sounds like you're, you're really helping yourself put together 
what what problem you're trying to fix yeah. for those for those individuals and what does it feel like to them afterwards because i know it definitely when you when you build a company and you're working through it, you you want to tell everyone how hard you've worked and what you do and yeah. What, yeah, this is what I do my blood, sweat, and tears on. But like you said, no one no one really cares about that. It's true. Yeah. yeah, people care about hey, that's great and all. You feel like you're the best at this or the best at that. But at the end of the day, speaking from a target audience, to, from a, your consumers or your clients' perspective, like you said, they don't care about you. They care what you can do for them. How are you going to help me make money, save money, save time, grow my business? Usually one of those three or four things, again, to oversimplify. But so let's say that you've identified your audience, you know their pain points, you're kind of able to identify what their story is. What's the next step after you've identified each of those components? The next step is just to write to that person. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. easier said than done. It's it's really, really simple, but think about when you're writing, say it's a website page or a blog or even an email, think of one person, give them a name. So for one of my clients, we have Marcy Mompreneur. (laughs) And so when we're writing to Marcy Mompreneur, we literally see her and write it as if it was a letter addressing all their biggest fears, addressing um, what they need to do, what type of transformation they want. And going into each of those benefits of which they can expect to convince them to make the next decision, which hopefully is a buying decision. Gotcha. So then what about, are there any times where when you're working with your clients or when you're doing it yourself, are there times when you identify what you believe they want, what you believe their pain point is? And then when you start writing, you realize it's something different? Do you oh, usually absolutely. start with the speculation or hypothesis and then like how often is that actually disproven? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for that, it's really connecting with your um, business owners. So one thing that, or your clients rather, but one thing that we often do is actually talk to our customers Heaven or forbid. talk to our clients' customers to figure out what they actually care about. Yeah, go to the source. It's, exactly. And one little tip here is you can actually use their words and put that in your copy. So you don't even have to write it yourself. You can steal their words from testimonies, from Google reviews. Mm. If they're already saying it, go ahead and put it in because that's what they need to hear. I love the simplicity. Maybe I'm just a lazy marketer, but if you're able to just take someone else's words straight out of their mouths for what they like or what they don't like at the pain point, Mm -hmm. it just makes your job so much easier. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Testimonials. That's it. I never thought of that. That's a great way just to take those words exactly out of the customer's mouth and, uh, and reuse it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, even this is actually something I only recently identified working with a local Houston business attorney. Sometimes if they're just getting started, they have no idea who their target audience is. And it's very rare that a new business owner will identify a niche they want to target. Almost every business owner, and myself included, I'm pointing the finger at myself when anything here says, I want to help anybody whose money is green and can afford me. Mm. It's a nice concept. That's a great way to drive business. But if you don't, if you feel like you're doing too much speculating or too much guessing about who your audience is and what they care about, the best tip that I've found that has helped a lot, and you tell me whether you think this is accurate or not, um, has been to focus on competitive intelligence. Go to Yelp, go to Google reviews for other competitors in your immediate area. For you, it would be other copywriters. For you, Andrew, it would be uh, other business coaches. For me, it would be SEO marketing agencies. Look at their reviews and see what people consistently hammer home about in their reviews. If people are leaving reviews for competitors in your space and saying, I love how timely they always respond to me, that tells you that's what they value and that should be one of your focal points. If they're saying they love the speed that you deliver, if they're loving 
the quality of your product, the timeline, your process. Just focus on your competitors' reviews. And if you don't have existing customers to talk to, start with your competitive intelligence. Don't dwell on it, but it's a good place to yeah. start. Is that, is that anything you've ever focused on, or is that just totally missing the mark on my No, point? that's absolutely it. Um, I take it even simpler than doing all that research. Even um, one thing, and it was actually the first time I met you, Greg. I don't know if you remember this. Um, we had one of our business partners. He introduced me. Hey, this is Lauren Jefferson. Mm -hmm. She's a copywriter. And your first words were like, oh, my gosh, a copywriter. I hate writing. <laughs> and so we Still literally true. put that into our copy mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people that hate to write. And so exact true. words out of your mouth, we put it straight into our copy. And so that actually became one of my pitches. <laughs> if you hate writing or don't have time yeah. to write, here, we can help. Yeah, that's probably a really good way to pitch. I imagine it's a good way of pitching a service, too, because everyone likes to demonstrate their thought leadership. It's, it's human nature one-on-one, mm -hmm. one, right? We all love to talk about ourselves. It's a whole different beast if you're asked to write about yourself or to write about your company. It's yeah. time-consuming, always staring at the blank page of for a million reasons. But I didn't mean to distract. Let's, let's get back on track for what uh, we were talking about today. Um, maybe we should spend a little bit of time focusing on, I mean, just that, some obstacles, business owner experience, unless there was something else that you feel like we need to highlight in terms of your process. Well, I mean, I guess that on the part of the process, I mean, you mentioned there, you know, how you got Greg's, um, you know, kind of what he was talking about and what was really important. How, how do you do that with all your customers? You just... I mean, it really is a gut feeling. Okay. Um, there's no scientific process of it, but if you have a client that you love, especially the clients that you love, don't listen to the clients you don't like um, <laughs> because you don't want to continue. You don't want to attract those clients that you don't yeah. like. So listen to the clients that you like, ask them questions. They will say it, then write it down, put it in. We call it like a copy dump or, you know, other mm -hmm. people call it a swipe file, but just write it down and then pull from that. So even if you weren't writing copy this week or even this month, go ahead and put that away, store it away. <laughs> Save it for a rainy day whenever exactly. you need some new messaging inspiration. Exactly. Um, so let's jump into those. Um, what are the big obstacles? I mean, I, I mean, I know what my obstacles are and everything, but but where do you see the biggest obstacles for for people trying to write their own copy? Yeah, the biggest thing is they get overwhelmed, and mm. so they enter what we call writer's block. Mm. <laughs> That's a real thing. I just thought I was really bad at it. Yeah, no. <laughs> even I mean, as a you might be really bad. I, I might be really bad. I'm probably really bad at it. No, even as a professional writer, I get writer's block um, sometimes. Um, it just it just happens. Our brain isn't meant to you know continue or um, perform at one hundred percent all the time. Um, so, a couple things that we do is break up your research and outline from your actual drafting. The worst thing that you can do is stare at a blank page and see that little cursor blink at you <laughs> as there are no words typing in. Separate those times, whether it's by a day or several hours, create spaces for you to research and outline, then go into the drafting. Um, and especially when you're in the drafting, don't edit while you draft. <laughs> That's another way for you to get stuck in um, kind of the downward spiral of writer's block. Another thing you can do is change your scenery. Um, for me, if I'm sitting at my desk for eight, 10 hours, 12 hours, however long you business owners are sitting at your desk, <laughs> mm -hmm. it can often create a stale environment, even after all the work I've done to try and create it into something else. So go to that coffee shop, obviously, with, you know, pre-COVID or post-COVID. Yeah. 
um, or get outside, you know, on your porch or on a balcony or something like that. Change the scenery. Um, that could even mean putting on some music, mm-hmm. different types of music. So. <laughs> is it enough? So whenever we're talking about changing scenery, is it enough to just simply be changing your scenery from where you're normally doing your work? So, for example, I mean, since we're recording this still in the COVID era, if I'm a, a local small business owner, I run my business from my home for the most point. Does it still is it still equally effective if I'm simply moving from my office to my dining room table or my office to my porch or my absolutely. office to my back patio? Is that still enough? To absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Especially in my early days of being a business owner and running my company, I would often go from the couch to my desk okay. and continue that multiple times a day mm-hmm. because at that point we were still growing our mm-hmm. client base and I was investing a lot of my time into the marketing and it gets draining. So changing up that scenery is really, really good. It's yeah, cool. It and then the last thing is to take care of yourself. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it sounds really, really simple, but drinking water. Uh, your brain needs water, not another cup of coffee. Um, getting outside and putting your feet on um, grass. That's actually called grounding. And a lot of my health and wellness coaches that we write with are big believers of grounding. Um, stepping away from your computer. When I don't want to look at that blue light anymore, mm-hmm. I literally grab a, a legal pad or a notebook and just start writing all my copy. It's a lot easier to transcribe that than it is to actually sit and look at that blinking cursor. Yeah, I feel like I would depend on you for taking handwritten notes during phone calls, but for some reason when it comes to drafting, everybody assumes that it's going to take so much time, more time for me to take written notes and transcribe a mm-hmm. document, maybe. And I think it sounds like from what you're saying, they're just not accounting for the fact that the ideas may come more quickly by writing. Therefore, still saving time, even though you are going to duplicate that by transcribing. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're a kinesthetic learner. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay. so you got to cater to how your brain operates. Um, so there is no one way of doing things, um, especially with writing. <laughs> so what's some other way, other uh, big obstacles for people? Yeah, some other um, things is it's time consuming. Writing mm-hmm. does, you know, yeah. require a lot of time. But if the, you have the systems that we talked about, you know, separating the researching and the outlining versus the drafting, you can reduce that time. Uh, we used to, we actually track this, um, and given this is professional writers, so, you know, right. as a non-writer, you may not be as quick, but from, um, <laughs> you know, researching outlining to drafting and finalizing, a blog would take anywhere from, you know, three to four hours. We got it down by separating those two activities out, the researching and the outlining, mm-hmm. to the drafting and finalizing, an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. That's total? So, total. Oh, my gosh. Total. So, separating out and creating that brain space, because it takes a totally different side of your brain to research than it is to write yep. and edit. Well, I bet there's something to be said for having time to let your subconscious process everything you just dump into it as well. So, it's giving you time to connect some dots before you try to commit it to paper. Exactly. Um, some other things um, that I've already <laughs> led into it, yeah. control issues or perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Can't relate. Really, no you will never get something perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> release that control. Yeah. You will, like I've published stuff that I'm like, oh, like that isn't perfect, but like I just need to publish today. I need to get it out in the world. I need to be present. I need to show up. 
Um, even on this, like I've made multiple speaking errors. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, does the uh, control issues of perfectionism, are we allowed to apply that to the podcast too? Because obviously we're still stumbling our way through this with it being early episodes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But just pressing publish. It's yeah. okay to make mistakes. It's okay to show up in your authentic self. Just press publish. Bite the bullet. You know, close your eyes if you need to press publish. Um, and so another thing and part of that is redoing or reducing your review time or putting you at a cap. Mm. Oftentimes I'll put myself at a 30 minute cap to edit. And it's like, this is done. I've done all the work I can on this given deliverable. Mm -hmm. We need to press publish That's today. Really so time idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I know you're big on this, Greg. <laughs> it's one of those things. And I know Andrew can attest to this too. I had a brief conversation with him about it the other day. It's so much easier to give that advice than to take it. I probably give mm -hmm. that same piece of advice at least twice every day. I'm also the last person to follow my own advice when it comes to that. Because you hit that ceiling and it's not where you want it to be. And then that's where your perfectionism creeps back. And it's like, I'll spend just five more minutes. Fast forward three hours. So I think I need to hear that more than anybody. Yeah. It's a rabbit hole sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And have that timer up so you can actually see how much time you're... So you see a visual of your time limit. There's no kidding yourself. Yeah, exactly. And then the last, um, you know, big obstacle is focusing on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. We talked about this earlier. Focus mm -hmm. on the customer. No one cares about you yeah. <laughs> as much as you'd like to think people care about you. Um, they want to look out for their best interests. They want to look out for themselves, their business, um, whoever you're targeting. Do you have any suggestions? Um, and you make a really good point. I want to spend just another, just another minute on it. It's all right. Do you have any suggestions helping people get out of the mindset of I'm not writing about myself, I'm writing about, for your example, mm -hmm. Monica, a mompreneur? Do you have any suggestions for how to get people out of that frame of thought? Like I always think of it as putting a hat on. It's almost like a physical, I'm not myself anymore. I am just target audience. Do you have any suggestions of how our listeners can apply that and kind of help, yeah. hopefully skip that learning curve? Yeah, for me, um, it goes back to the visualization. Mm -hmm. Am I talking mm -hmm. to someone? So say if I'm talking to you, Andrew, mm -hmm. and I'm targeting business coaches, and I'm going through, I'm going to speak directly to you, imagine you, I don't want to talk about myself, I want to discover mm -hmm. what you need to know what you need to hear in order to make a buying decision, listen to all your pain points and all that. So mm -hmm. none of it gets to me until the very, very bottom where it's like, okay, now we can write a statement of work or we can write a proposal. You know, we can mm -hmm. now engage in business now that I know all of this stuff about you. So think of it as a sales conversation. Okay, that's good. Yeah, for sure. But what about, um, you mentioned before, do you still find yourself experiencing these same kinds of obstacles, even though you've been writing copy for years now? Is this still a common occurrence or is it, was it up at the front and then now you have a master this no longer a thing? No, absolutely. Still dealing with it. Especially when it comes to my own copywriting. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. Because it's so easy to write for other people. It's difficult to write for yourself. Um, so I am saying this very sympathetic to our listeners. <laughs> um, this is a real thing that, you know, even I deal with. And um, I was writing a new web page just the other day. And it's like, okay, I'm limiting myself to 45 minutes to edit this, review this, design it, then we're pressing publish. So it was hard. <laughs> but getting it out in the world is better than having it behind closed doors for no one ever to see. That's great. That's Absolutely. Great. Yeah, for sure. That fear that 
there's something out there that something's going to be a little bit wrong or whatever, but just getting over it, it's, it's never happened. It's not there. It's yeah. Yeah, doing it. Yeah, cool. you're telling yourself all the reasons why it won't work. Awesome. Well, as part of our show tradition, we like to ask one consistent question that each guest as they come on. Uh, specifically, that question is the entrepreneur's dilemma. Um, for anyone who isn't familiar with it still, the entrepreneur's dilemma says that business owners have five key aspects that they can, be, that they can focus on but they're forced to pick only three. Those five things are family, friends, health and fitness, sleep, and a successful business. But again, as entrepreneurs, we're forced to prioritize three. So which three do you prioritize, Lauren, and why? Yeah, it's definitely family, health and fitness, and then a successful business. Um, those don't change very often. I know there's a lot of business owners. I know we've talked about it before about changing those out. Um, but I don't know where I'd be without my family <laughs> as far as them keeping me grounded, checking in, Hey, Lauren, you've even spent way too much time on this. You need to press publish today. Um, so they hold me accountable. Same with health and fitness. I've talked a little bit about health and grounding yourself, getting out in the sun, all of that. That's hugely important for optimizing your brain. Yeah, that's um, true. It's, I mean, obviously a successful business, right? Well, yes, business exactly. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I, in last week's episode, you and Andrew had the same answer. Yeah. You, you guys probably there we the go. same thing. <laughs> you know, apparently we like, must be friends or something. <laughs> we, we, we must know each other. Yeah. Who so, would have thought? That's perfect. Uh, so just before we wrap up, uh, Lauren, how can people find you online, follow you, all those different types of things? Yeah, you can um, find us online at focuscopy.com and then follow us on all social media at focuscopy LLC. And we'd love to see you over there. <laughs> That's perfect. Great. So uh, just like Heather did for, for this week's, if you have a question that you'd like answered, you can call us at our line on 832-377-7998 and leave a voicemail for us. And we will go through them. We go through them every single week and we will pick out or combine the ones that uh, make the most sense. Uh, last and, and by certainly no means least, um, we definitely want to make sure that this podcast is credit out there to our stellar referral team, First Class Referrals. We meet every Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. via Zoom. And if you're looking to grow your business and like referrals, and I certainly do, Greg certainly does, Lauren loves them. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you can uh, reach out to us at firstclassreferrals.com, get registered, and we would love to see you. Uh, until next week, remember um, to sorry to subscribe to our episode notifications uh, and uh, make sure that you can uh, catch us and give us a, a review on wherever you get your podcast from. So that is it from uh, from me, Andrew Buckin, and from I'm Greg Mellon. Perfect. Uh, you are now free to move around the cabin. Thank you very much, folks. Bye.